Hey everyone. Before we get into the show tonight, this episode features some pretty heavy content. There's conversation about family burning in a fire and a group of citizens standing by to watch. Thurbash, as you may already know, is a member of a cult. And this episode really tackles the confrontation of realizing that your life may have been a lie. If you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast that's focused on telling fun, character-driven stories. Now, what does that mean? Well, to keep it simple, we sit down at our desks, log in online, and pretend to be someone we're not for a little while, all the while recording it to share with you. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. Follow along as our players pretend to be small-town adventurers, doing their best to put some good into the world. And my favorite part about all this is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Oh, who am I kidding? It's Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Now, we loosely rely on this system to tell our own stories, independent of the lore and problematic content that comes out of the box with Dungeons & Dragons especially in its own world lore. In short, this just means that we use the game system and some dice to decide what happens next to our characters, not some story or some world that someone else has written for us. I wonder what'll happen this week. Let's roll the dice and find out what happens next together. Last left off, Thurbash and Hamlin had just turned their backs on the cliffside cabin, which we learned was called the Cabin of the Wayfinder, and began to make their way down the winding path southwestward back on the wayward trail towards the source of the corruption in this forest. A large dark tree Thurbash saw in the distance, which reminded him of something darkly familiar from his past. The night before, Hamlin and Thurbash found themselves with a bit of camaraderie, solidarity and solitude, as is probably an interesting way to put it. And Thurbash asked Hamlin to guide him to the tree and what he inevitably believes is the source of this dark influence that he has now realized has quickly grabbed a hold of him. While you two are making your way down this winding path into the forest, the tree cover around you gets thicker and thicker. Where shafts of sunlight originally passed through the trees and illuminated the path ahead, you're now met with darkened canopies and patches of web that grow thicker and thicker as you make your way deeper and deeper into the rolling thicket. And eventually you're both taken by not quite darkness, but it's approaching just from the sheer weight of the canopy above your heads. Can I get a survival check from both of you? Oh, yeah, you can. (gasps) I will say... Hamlin, you have advantage because you know this place. Thurbash, you also have advantage because of the shard of the first seed. Nice. 17. 17, nice. What'd you get, Thurbash? Wow. Yeah, so with advantage, my best roll was a 9. A 9. Oof. Okay, so 
Thurbash, maybe it's the fact that the tree cover is wrapping around you, but you feel disoriented, mostly because this forest feels like much of the, much of the same. At any given moment, you can only see about decently about 30, 40 feet out, and it fades to darkness, even with your witch's sight, which lets you see in darkness. That only gets you so far. I think it's out to a range of 60 feet or so. But with that in mind, Hamlet, you are very accustomed to navigating this path. And as you make your way further and further down it, you reach a place where the path breaks and splinters into different directions. Thurbash, this feels weirdly familiar to you, but Hamlin, you knowing the path ahead, uh, tell me, at this strange crossroad that you know was not here before, what tips you off that the path on the right is the correct one? <sighs> hmm. I feel like probably, like, not a, I would say like a hidden insignia or something like that. Oh, uh, like to be carved into like a bark of a tree. Ooh, that's noticeable to a person who who's seen it and who's looking for it. I like this. So let's. I'm gonna build on this a tiny bit more. I'd be thinking like sigils or like runes or something like that, but not like in an ominous. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there any particular symbols or things that you know Hamlin likes? Uh, ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to build on your idea here a little bit. You're standing at this crossroad, Thurbash. You're kind of disoriented, unsure of which way is the right way. And Hamlin, you're kind of assessing each path, and they all feel very similar. And you reflexively squeeze the handle of your axe. And Thurbash, you see that the, the, the carved illustrations into the antler glow with a faint green light. And Hamlin, your attention is immediately drawn to a carving on a tree far off to your right so obscured that it looks like something has grown over a path to hide it from your sight. Carved into a tree, you see a little duck glowing with a faint green light that catches your eyes. And you know that that way, although obscured right now, is the way you should be going. And I whisper to myself, quack, quack. <laughs> and we go on. It's, n it's no water off my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you leave forward. I will say you'll have to cut through the branches which will slow you down considerably because you'll move at half speed through here because as you're breaking through the, the foliage, it looks like the forest has grown over this path to slow you down. In your heart, you know why, but how do you proceed? Take my axe and attack. Okay. With that being said, you start to dig your axe into the foliage and basically trim the path that you so you're aware of. Yeah, that I kind of remember. Yeah. And you use this to feel your way through the forest. Chop, chop, chop. And Thurbash, do you do anything while you're kind of tentatively following behind him? I would have probably like one of my throwing axes out as a uh, backup to using my normal weapon. Whoa, okay. Because it's a hand axe, to be honest. <laughs> just for chopping logs with your ritual of the cut. Yeah, just a normal axe. So Thurbash, roll me a perception check. Okie dokie. Because Hamlin is occupied cutting through. All right, big money, no whammies. Oh, okay. Seventeen it never works. Oh, it works. <laughs> Seventeen. So as Hamlin is cutting through, you hear the bushes shaking, trees, branches breaking as he's cutting through it, and Hamlin fells a very considerably large branch that has fallen down to block the path. And as he's cutting into it, Thurbash, off to your right. You hear a bush sh shake, and you look over, but you see nothing in the tree line. Mm. A little distance away, you can see 
what looked to be spiderwebs clinging to the tops of some of the branches here. The forest is still dark around you, or dark, relatively speaking, but you don't see anything that stands out to you. Just bushes. Bushes and trees. What do you do? How far is this bush Bush shake? The shaky bush? Because you, the width of this path solely depends on Hamlin chopping down trees, stuff in the way as you go, it's probably only like just wide enough to fit a person. Oh. So it's kind of claustrophobic. Like he's cutting down, like cutting the pathway for you guys. So it's still very dense here. All right. Using the tip of my throwing axe, which throwing axes aren't that long, but I'm going to kind of try and comb back the bush to see the uh, what, what might be underneath it or in it. Can you roll me a dexterity saving? I can certainly try. Does that mean I'm going to live? Probably Leave it not. alone. That's a 12. Yes. That's good. A 12. Right? That's good. You part the bush back and immediately hear the fluttering of wings and the creaking of twigs as you duck down and a swarm of ravens bursts from the bushes and scatters throughout the forest. And you quickly look around, just being able to quickly dodge as you can hear like the pecking of beaks grabbing at you. And as you stop for a moment to take your breath, you look around and you see sitting on a branch at roughly shoulder height, off to your right now, one of these ravens sit looking at you. Though there's something not quite right about it. For a moment, you're like, that's a raven. And then you kind of squint for a moment later and you can see that its body is made of wood and bark. And when it turns its head and looks at you, you can see that its eyes are glowing with a faint cyan light. And it just looks at you. It calls at you. And then you hear another and another. And quickly, the forest around you is crowing with dozens of these screeches from these birds. And you see, you hear the fluttering Hamlet. At this point, you've kind of stopped cutting as you hear the birds are getting louder and louder. And you look around and you see that even around you, ravens are perching on trees nearby, but they're all made of wood. What do you do? In a moment of panic, falling to like commonality, things that Thurbash knows kind of just as an instantaneous reaction, he will use his ability to use his fey presence. Ooh. And... 10-foot cube around me with the exclusion of... Oh, no, it's each creature, so never mind. I can't, I can't exclude him. 10-foot around me, I'm going to force all creatures to make a wisdom saving throw. Ooh, okay. Ah, oh, even me. What is your saving throw, DC? DC 15. I rolled a 12. <laughs> Hamlin, can I get one from you as well? Ooh, nine... Wait, okay. 17. Ah, he's good. <laughs> Plus eight. Rolled a nine. And Thurbash, what do you say that pierces through the forest and silences this entire flock of birds. Thurbash is not commanding, just as tranquil as possible. He's just going to be still. And he's going to choose to charm anyone who fails that DC. Because I can choose between frightening or charm. So I'm going to choose charm. So as you do this, you stand still, and all these ravens calling, calling, and Hamlin, this is kind of unsettling to you. But Thurbash just stands in silence, staring at the bird. And it calls once loud and calls a second time quieter. And then suddenly they're all quiet, just looking at Thurbash. Now, I'm going to throw this in your lap, Thurbash. Hmm. Tell me, 
What color is the light that is shining from underneath your clothes as you embrace a power that's kind of rooted within you right now? Normally, when Thurbash uses his power, it would mimic the color of his patron. So normally it would be cyan or potentially purple, depending on situations. This particular instance, it's just a blue-gray. There's not really a hint of color as much as there is just like, it's a gray light. And Hamlin, you watch as, you can't see the gray light from Thurbash, but you notice all the, the wooden birds around their eyes flick from a, a cyan, a, like a roiling cyan light to a dull gray, and they all quiet down. Thurbash, can you roll me a wisdom save? Yeah, I can. Ooh, baby. Wisdom saving throw. Oh, that's a natural 20. Holy yeah. shit. The power of friendship compels you. The power of friendship. <laughs> For a brief moment, your whole body, where all the bark is on your body, feels hot and itchy, and you start to worry a little, but you grit your teeth and hold. And tell me, what allows Thurbash to choke, to, to push back an influence that's trying to gnarl into him right now? Mind and body. Thurbash feels himself kind of losing his grip. And he re he recognizes the feeling of like something either trying to obtain control or trying to force a direction, right? And as that occurs, Thurbash just kind of like he stares straight forward and notices the axe in, in Hamlin's hands, and his he his head just goes blank. It's not a, it's not a reaction of like him trying to prevent the thing from occurring, but more along the lines of, like, his mind just becomes clear. And with that, all of these birds, one by one, lift up and fly away in silence. You can hear the flapping of their little wooden wings, and they scatter into the forest. And one remains behind. It hops down off a branch and hops towards you. Ha! And it's just looking at you. What do you do? I'm sorry. I had a really bad thought in my head. We're not going to include it in the episode, but my mind no, sorry. my <laughs> mind immediately was like, I'm going to punt it. Uh <laughs> you could. You very dude, dude, I was thinking that too. I was like, and Hamlin just fucking erected with the axe. That's Tedward's intrusive thoughts right there. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm just quiet. In a non-reactionary way, Thurbash is surprised at his own, like, ability to just kind of, like, shrug it off. So he just does exactly that. He hears the the, the raven go, Wah! He just turns around and just keeps focusing forward on what Hamlin's trying to do and trying to clear the brush. So you turn around and start helping Hamlin, and the two of you start carving away the brush, the overgrown brush that was, you know, grown in to thwart your path. And... Behind you, you hear the, the raven call, the crow, one more time. And when you look back, its eyes are still gr this gray light. And it, the light closes like it blinks, and it's suddenly violet again, like cyan. the cyan and violet. And it ha! and flies away. And for now, the forest is quiet. No more ravens calling. And the two of you continue to chop your way through the forest towards the Thousand Branches. Along the way, is there anything either of you would like to do? This is an opportunity to play in the space. If you don't, we can fast forward a little. 
if we are continuing to hack, I don't know how long it's going to take to hack this, mm-hmm. but um, Thurbash will, like, every so often kind of, like, take a break and look around and then, like, keep going. Hamlin, uh, I did have a couple of questions for you, if you're willing to answer them. Sure. I know that uh, I'm asking a lot of you to take me to this location, but I I really want to understand before we get there. (laughs) Sorry, the the vocal track threw me me off completely. Um, You both pause, look at the distance. You see an owl fly away. Hamlin, uh, you came from a colony like mine. You worshipped my god, our god, the god, maybe not our god anymore. If you could go back and undo it all, never join the colony as a orphan, never make a family, never meet Baudry again, or in the first place, would you want that? I, I can't say... I can't say that it was all bad. Like you said, I met Baudry. He gave me some semblance of a family. More direction than I ever would have had staying in the orphanage. (laughs) It's a fucking owl. And yes, it it does hurt knowing what happened to him. I think I already know the answer, but I want to know... If you could put yourself in his place, would you do it? If I could switch places with him? Yeah. In a heartbeat. I don't know what's going to happen when we get there. I won't pretend to know. But we'll have one more question for you. And it is probably the most important. When did you know it was too late to save him? I don't know if it's too late to save him. And that's my problem. I... I've attempted on more than one occasion to end whatever he's become. It, every time takes about a week or so to, to gather even as, as much courage as I can muster to even get into proximity of him. And for that, I'm so determined to save him by ending whatever he's become. Once I see him from a distance, I think, what if, what if I can save him? What if he's still in there? And, and I freeze. And I let my axe fall to the floor time and time again. I know I should go through with it to help anyone who's trying to come into the forest, but I can't. I just can't. I remember our days... When I was in the orphanage and he would come to play, I remember when he finally asked me to join. I remember being in the bo- at the bonfire over dinner, and I remember his smile. How am I supposed to stop? How, how am I supposed to stop that? One time I got too close and I hesitated and he attacked me. I managed to get away, but even then I... Next time I went to him, I, I couldn't. As I said, I have no idea 
what will occur when we arrive. It may simply be a, a sight. That's it. But what I can tell you is, I'm going to try and help. And the one thing I request from you is, if it looks like I'm too far gone, I need you to stop me. You already have enough problems in this forest. You don't need those problems doubled. Well then, let's hope it, it doesn't come to that. One can only hope. And to answer your first question, although our god has taken so much from me, I think Baudry has given me more. So no, I wouldn't change anything. Can I ask you something? Yeah, of course. What was your settlement like? Strict, strong, good sense of tradition, of family. No one went to bed hungry. No one ever felt cold. But the failing of one is the failing of all. Punishment was severe, and failure was less than an option. I miss it. Mainly for my brothers and sisters. But I do miss it. Things seem so different now. And I I don't know why. Perhaps I'll figure it out. Maybe your eyes have just been opened now. And you're seeing for the first time. I do feel more relaxed than I have in quite some time. Even in this grim circumstance. <laughs> that thing is really creeping me out. Oh, I can go take care of that. Mm, Thurrush is going to walk over with an axe. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> Throws his hand axe at it. Cool, 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 cool. Throw it, give me an attack roll. Like you're throwing it in the woods. <laughs> Do you have more than one? I have only one, but I have a couple daggers. Yeah, uh, no. that's up to you. Give me an attack <laughs> roll for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a six. <laughs> you, you throw the axe and you just... You hear it like brushing branches and then silence. Hey. Son of a bitch. Gods be damned. And I kind of like the, the idea because we're at, we're like at the perfect spot. We our, our view fades away and pulls back as both of you are kind of laughing at this f strange fucking animal in the woods. Um, <laughs> and like you, you kind of take a pause on your path for a moment. And our view pulls away and fades into the darkness of the forest as we've got a little light of comfort here in this kind of dark abyss. Hey there, and welcome to the mid-roll. Don't worry, I won't keep you for very long. If you're enjoying the show, you know, rate, review, follow us on Podchaser, you know the drill by now. We have merch, if that's your thing, on Redbubble, linked in the episode description. You can also name your very own NPC on our website at www.toapodcast.com. I mention this specifically because a longtime fan and NPC submitter to our show, Poems by Cheyenne, has started her very own podcast, and we're giving it a shout-out this week. It's called The Totally Normal Diner, or Normal Diner on Twitter. So The Totally Normal Diner is an urban fantasy audio drama, about the normal workers at a normal diner in a magical world. You have everything from dragons to deities who come in on any given day to get their fixins. It's full of shenanigans, extremely relatable moments if you've ever worked in the service industry, 
and also a lot of diverse stories told. They have fun, but they also talk about things that are really important to them, like living with mental health struggles and disabilities, and also finding your own identity. Based on the content I've seen from Cheyenne, I think it's going to be great. They're currently in crowdfunding mode on fundraiser.com, which you can find on their pinned tweet on Twitter, at Normal Diner. Alrighty, let's get back to the show. So our view returns to the forest, where Hamlin and Thurbash are recarving their way down the Wayward Trail towards the Cult of the Thousand Branches. With your previous survival checks, you don't get lost, Hamlin, using your kind of series of little duck carvings. You manage to weave your way back to the forest. This is a familiar thing for you, because you know the forest tends to fight your presence wherever you go. But with your kind of clever use of magic and the gift from your current benefactor, we'll call it, you are able to make your way back to the Wayward Trail, to a place where it is no longer overgrown. Your navigation has been hardy enough that the forest has stopped, stopped trying to prevent you from getting to the place you need to go. And you come upon a familiar break in the tree line. You can see shafts of sunlight breaking down from above. And can I get perception checks from both of you? Yeah. Metal dice ahoy. Natural one. Nice. Uh, 16. 16. Fuck you, metal dice. Hamlin, looking over this open break in the tree line, you see a familiar wall made of stacked rocks going about 100 feet across, and in the middle, a familiar wooden gate that is now broken and rotted off the hinges. Tell me why Hamlin looks away from this. Hamlin looks away. He he hasn't been to his settlement, to this settlement, since the incident. It For all he knew and all he remembers is it's pristine when it was in its prime. And as you, you look down, you can see that the grass here is very much overgrown and wild. Weeds are sprouting, sprouting about all over the place. Dandelions with strange wine-colored leaves. The foliage here is different than when you last left it. And maybe that's what absorbs you. And while you're kind of taking in the surroundings at your feet, all these strange wine-colored vines that weave their way through the grass and choke out any semblance of natural order here. Thurbash, ahead of you, you see the stone wall with the broken gate. And beyond it, something that I don't want to say it's familiar to you, because I don't want to impart this on your sect of the Thousand Branches, but when you look into the distance, you can see large pieces of wood carved in square shapes, all standing taller than the stone wall that's maybe about two and a half feet high, and it dawns on you that you're looking into a cemetery. Hamlin, you look away knowing that this cemetery means that you are relatively close to the Thousand Branches. Though, with the angle of the sun and the amount of time it took you to cut through all the trees and branches, we are nearing dusk. You've tied, both are tired from chopping down trees and branches and foliage that seem to be growing in your path. What do you two do? We're at a crossroads. 
No. So ahead of you, there's an opening. The pathway leads to a gateway. Got it. Like a w- old broken wooden gate and a stone wall that is about 100 feet at its widest. It's only about two feet high. And beyond that, you see slabs of wood peeking out from above the wall in kind of a linear arrangement. And ahead of you, you see a cemetery. I don't know these woods. Uh, not as well as you do. And you told me before that at night, it can get quite dangerous. Perhaps we should rest here. It's not much cover, but even a two-foot stone wall is better than nothing. Fine. I, I know a spot. Lead the way. I will take him to the uh, Baudry's makeshift grave. Oh, heavy. Is this inside the walls of the cemetery or outside? It'd be inside. Inside. So the both of you walk up to the familiar gate. You push it open and it creaks and bends like it's going to fall off the hinges, but stays. How do you approach? I'm not being stealthy. I'm not even really looking. Hamlin practically knows exactly where it is. He doesn't have to like look or anything. He's just kind of staring at the floor and kind of speed walking kind of towards it. Not looking up or anything, just kind of going by memory. Durbash would be following, not directly on top of Hamlin, but maybe like a couple feet back and kind of just looking at all the, what he would assume is probably tombstones or grave markers. Mm-hmm. Not getting too close, not like really truly inspecting any of them, but just kind of gandering at them or like or like perusing them roll me a, a perception check i think okay not investigation so you're not going to get particular names but it'll give you a sense of the environment you're gonna hate me i rolled a natural 20 <laughs> so i'll ask you a question before i give you what you see in the thousand branches where you come from at the feet of the ashmore mountains hundreds of miles from here how did your clan deal with the dead Usually, dead were given a, a ceremony, a small ceremony, as the community is very tight-knit and well, well congregated. But graves were not given markers. Uh, most of the time, they were buried without any markings or anything like that. Kind of like a return to the forest, you know, the idea is that the tree is the great protector, and he controls the forest, and we are his people. So when we die... We fuel the forest. With that ideology in mind, you're walking through and you can see some of these wooden slabs are marked and carved with names. None seem familiar to you, but in basic readings and travel, you kind of come to understand, you know, what other cultures would do to bury their dead. And this is very similar to that. But looking around as Hamon is kind of slowly, trepidatiously making his way forward, you notice that Where some of these markers are, the wood has fallen down, and from the places in front of it, there are trees growing. And these trees are resplendent with cyan and wine leaves, almost like you're passing through an orchard, which hauntingly reminds you of your time when you were younger, a brief trip to the Feywild, when you encountered the dryads made of wood, the creature formed of liquid light. The people here are very much fuel for the forest, some more so than others. Um, Hamlin, while he's looking, yeah. what does the grave look like where you're taking Thurbash? There was no body, so mm. 
it's not even dug up really so the memorial let's call it yeah it's just like some flat stones that hamlin found nearby to make kind of like a you know like a cairn Ooh, i love it and then just kind of yeah like a slap of wood with a carving of a duck Ah, yes i was gonna do it but you you beat me to it (laughs) i was gonna say the reason why he was using duck carvings was that when he first got to the settlement he kept getting lost like uh, hamlin kept getting lost traveling to and from because hamlin essentially was like one of the preachers he would go they would go in groups to the city and like be on the outskirts of the city and whoever passed by they would like preach to them to get them to come back to the settlement but every so often more often than not he would get lost coming back and so him and Beaudry mark the way using those carvings oof man what we just went through with you following the ducks really uh added in some symbolism there <laughs> I love it yeah so you come upon this Karen is it near any particular landmarks or anything in the cemetery or is it like off by itself off by itself okay because he practically did it like as soon as that like horrifying event happened you know he came back he didn't even go back into the settlement he came back here made his peace sort of and then he tried to then he went back to like the town um, yeah, so you, you once again find yourself standing at the foot of this cairn, the symbol of the duck on it that you have carved in so long ago. As you approach Thurbash, you walk up on this scene of Hamlin kind of solemnly standing by the stone. Hamlin, do you say anything? Do you do anything? Press the digitation to clean that shit up. So, Thurbash, let's say you walk up on Hamlin using magic to clean off the rock. Wipe away the grime, pull back any of the moss that is creeping up it. And can both of you roll me perception checks? With disadvantage if you'd like, Hamlin. If you want. I am definitely not paying attention to this shit. Oh, both of them are eight. Uh, You said perception? Yes. Uh, So nine. Nine. Fifteen. Crazy. Two eights. One five. Fifteen. Fifteen. So you're standing here. You're watching Hamlin do this, and Thurbash, you notice that the raven's sounds are back. And you kind of look around, and you can see that, like, the orange glow of the sun is slowly breaking through the the tree line here, this clearing where the cemetery is. And you can see the silhouettes of these little wooden ravens landing on branches nearby. And Hamlin doesn't notice this, Thurbash. He's too focused on cleaning up the rock. But a ways behind you, you hear a snap of a branch. What do you do? I'm going to tap Hamlin on the shoulder and quietly point in the direction of the snap, as best as I can guesstimate it. I'm going to put my finger to my lips to like, let him know, like, be quiet. <laughs> how far is this, uh, how far is this, uh, this uh, snap from me? You look over your shoulder and you can see a shaft of sunlight breaching through some of the strange trees here. And you kind of sweep over the landscape. You don't see any movement. You don't see anything weird. And you do another sweep. And as you pass by, the silhouette of one of the trees you were just looking at is slightly different. And you hear another snap by that tree as you see the bark is peeling off in the shape of a person, an arm, a shoulder, a torso, 
as a person steps out of the tree, made entirely of wood, something you have seen before in your vision, your memory of the Feywild so long ago. And this creature looks in your direction, and then in the dark, like the, the darkness as the sun is setting on this scene, you can see faintly, 50 feet away with your enchanted supernatural vision, a visage of a face upon this wooden figure, though I wouldn't call it a face, it'd be more like a mockery of one. Its mouth is half-formed, its face is flat and rolled over, there are dents where eyes should be, and it tilts its head a little and you hear and the branch cracks again, echoes through the woods, and you hear off to your right and your left, more branches breaking, and you look around, and the figure ahead of you, its eyes alight, cyan light. Do either of you do anything in this tense moment? No. <laughs> Slowly take my pack off of my back and just kind of keep my hands aloft. Not like a fighting stance or anything, just like they're prepared, potentially. I'm waiting to see what they do. Hamlet? Yeesh. How close are they? The closest one is the one with its eyes alight. The first one you saw, 60 feet. 60 feet? Nothing. I do nothing. Uh, well... This is new to you. Yeah. I, I was thinking that, and I was like, oh, this is new. I will kind of uh, get closer to Thurbash and kind of, like, get into a protective stance. That is all. And in this moment of tension, the figures don't move. They kind of sway a little. And the one closest to you takes a step forward. Two steps. Three steps. Do either of you respond? I'll wait till it gets about ten steps close to me. <laughs> I'm counting. Four. Five. Just the one? Just the one is stepping forward. Alright. Do you look at the others? Not doing it. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on the others. Roll me a perception check. Please. Jeez, I'm rolling shitty. Perception. Yep, seven. Seven. The others don't seem to be moving. And then, the one closest to you, Thurbash, eight steps away. Its shoulders kind of sway on its feet. Nine steps. Hamlet, out of the corner of your eye, you see another one move. Somewhere in the distance, you hear a bush rattle. And then, the one standing closest to you, its eyes glow hotter, and you watch the wood of its face tear into a long mouth. And it starts sprinting forward. 15 cool. steps, 20 steps, 30 right, steps. Uh, Thurbash, what do you do? The minute it starts sprinting, I'm going to attempt to cast a suggestion spell on it. Oh! I have to roll a charisma save, correct? Yes. It is a charisma saving throw with a wisdom... Uh, sorry, not charisma. It's wisdom. Wisdom 15. Charisma saving throw or wisdom saving throw? You wisdom, wisdom. Wisdom saving throw. Wisdom 15. What do you say? Uh, as it gets closer, the minute it's, it looks like it's getting closer, I'm just going to like stare it down and be like, I suggest you leave. As you say this, your voice echoes into the forest. With a, a supernatural resonance, Hamlin, it quite surprises you. And this creature stops for a moment and raises its hands up into the air, mouth open wide, and lets out a howl. And you hear other howls from around it in the forest. One, two, hard to tell as they mingle together. And it sprints towards you. Can I get an initiative check? Shit. I rolled a 15. <laughs> oh, no. oh, initiative? Oh. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Hold on. 
it. One, two, three, four. Wait. Okay. Twenty-five. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Twenty-five. Eighteen plus seven. Eighteen plus seven. <laughs> That's twenty-five, right? Am I wrong? No, you're right. No, that's right. That's right. What'd you roll, Thurbash? Uh, I got a four. I got a four. Yeah. Oof. So what I will say is this is going to be not a traditional combat. It will be a skill challenge. And you'll find out why in a moment. As the DM, I will tell you, you have five successes to cool. successfully handle this encounter. Oh, God. Great. <laughs> we don't. We're fucked. <laughs> Hamlin, with this creature screaming and running towards you, what do you do? How far is he? Right now, 40 feet away. And it's just him, the one, he's the only one dashing towards us, right? At this point. The other ones are shifting-ish? Yeah, they were all shifting, but I will say it will it will cost you to get a look around because this is an intense moment. What do I got? A bonus action? What do I got? It'll cost me a bonus action to check? I am totally fine with that. I'm going to roll this dice. Perception, I assume, right? Oh, thank God. Perception is an 18. 18. You will get this. This will be your first successful check. Not only do you see the one sprinting towards you, you catch three others, one shorter than the rest. And beyond them, even further away, you can see small hunched forms sprinting even from even further away. Half a dozen or more. I know what I want to do, but I don't. God, I, I don't know. Can I, like, take a defensive position? Sure. Sure. I'm already, like, essentially back-to-back with Thurbash, and I'm just going to get into a defensive position. Okay, are you readying an action or anything? So here's what I wanted to do, is to use my channel divinity to turn the Faithless. Could I, like, hold that and wait until, like, three of them are in within 30 feet of us, so then I can pop it and turn the Faithless on three of them, not just the one? Yes, for sure. So uh, this one is sprinting forward. It's their turn now. This one is sprinting forward towards you. One, two, three. They all immediately get within range. Okay. Well, once they're in range, I'll pop that channel divinity, turn the faithless. Ah, faithless. Well, faceless too. It's a saving throw, correct? Yes, it is wisdom. Okay. What's my DC? 15. 13. For three of these creatures made of wood that are sprinting towards you. What do you do to make this? What does this effect look like? Ah. Okay, basically, I have my axe at the ready, and I just assume there's like some kind of like stones or or some such near us, and mm-hmm. I kind of just clang it against the rocks to make a piercing sound that hurts them. You slam it yeah. down on the rocks, and Thurbash, you have to cover your ears for a moment as this wail, not even a wail, like a harmonic ring, rings out from the forest, and Hamlin... Something you didn't realize would happen. Something you didn't expect. But when you clang against the rock, where your axe hit, it glows with a faint lime green light. And you look down upon it, and you see the carving of a duck. And looking over your shoulders, on the cairn you built to honor Baudry, the duck is glowing with a faint green light, similar as to what you saw before, when you needed help in the forest, when you needed to be guided. And with that, it will be another creature's turn. In the distance, Thurbash, off to your right. A little further away, you see a creature emerge from the shadows and starts running towards you. It's a little too far away to reach you now. It's shambling as it moves. In this one round, it only moves 10 feet closer. 
putting it 15 feet away. Thurbash, it's your move. What do you do? Uh, I want to do something stupid. Ooh, hold on. Let me cue up your music. (laughs) (laughs) From afar, I see the shambling creature, like, beginning to sprint at me. Mm -hmm. Uh, How far is he? Right now, 15 feet away. Damn, just out of range. Fuck. So I'm not going to do that something stupid. I guess I'll do something else. Yeah, he's going to run at me. And again, just out of instinct, I am going to like kind of whip up my hand and ray of frost at the uh, charging creature. Roll me an attack roll. I will do that. Plus three to hit. Wow. Oh, that's a 12. Mm, just hits. What does it look like as your spell impacts on the hard, barky flesh of this vaguely humanoid creature? As as the spell makes contact with the creature, where one would normally see like kind of like frost forming or like ice forming, instead it looks as though it's like kind of like snow, like wet snow. Ooh, okay. Roll me some damage. All right. 2d8. I just want to point out that I do have something called Aura of Protection and Warding. So if you have to make a saving throw, since you're like back within 10 feet of me, uh, you'll get plus four to your saving throw. Ooh. Uh, And you have resistance to damage from spells. Ooh. Uh, That's a nine in damage. Oof. Okay. I'm going to snowball this uh, tree demon to death. Yeah, so you hit it with a blast (laughs) of cold, wet snow. And it reels back for a moment and then lets out a wail. And Thurbash, from the, from the shadows out in the distance, you can see forms moving through the rays of, of sunlight as the sun is setting on this graveyard clearing. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six forms hurtling towards you, each one in its center, a pair of glowing eyes, bushes, forest life that has been awakened to remove you from this place is sprinting in your direction. Hamlin, you see four more on the opposing side coming from towards the village. Your move. You have two successes right now. I don't really have much. What's this? I will say this is a skill challenge, so if you're like, I want to take a look around, I want to investigate because you saw something weird, that would also help. That's something you could do that would count as a success. Successful combat does count, but only if it's very good. Right. Um, I already used the thing I really wanted to, which was my child, Vanita. Oh, uh, Mike, the speed of that creature that was hit uh, is reduced by 10 feet, by the way. Nice. Uh, At the start of my, until the start of my next turn, so. I'm going to use a Divine Sense. Ooh, that lets you detect the presence of fiend face celestials and undead well on mine it just says as an action you can detect good and evil until the end of your next turn you can sense anything affected by the hollow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend undead within 60 feet that is not behind total cover i don't know if you want to extend that to fiends or not fiends uh a fey as well and that is that okay okay i'm trying to use this to see if i get pinged for anything that we don't see. First, you have, you know the exact number of creatures running towards you. Each one is a fey. Fey and a sense of undead. And as you close your eyes and breathe, 
you know there are 13 creatures coming your way. Each one at varying distances, all of which are within 30 feet of where you stand. And with your divine sense, you can tell that this, I mean, you already knew that this entire settlement is unhallowed ground. But in this sea of awful, terrible hunger, you feel a little island, ground that is hollowed or under the effect of a hollow spell. And you were standing atop it. I don't, okay. And when you look at the ground, with this, I'll give you this. The hollow spell, it isn't complete. Next up, we have the Blight's turn. They're still afraid of you, correct? For turn the Fae Plus as an action, present your holy symbol, each Fae or Fiend within 30 feet. On a failure, the creature is turned for, yeah, it says that they're turned for one minute until they take damage. they can only run. And they can only run away from us, and they have to use their da- uh, their action to dash or try to escape from it. So the three, the three that you frightened, yeah, they're holding their heads, and you can see the light in their eyes flickering, and they look at you, and like the light crunches, not crunches, squints like it's afraid, and it sprints away into the darkness of the rest of the cemetery. You see the the vine blight, the Thurbash hit with a ray of frost. It's trying to move, and it can't. Thurbash, whatever you did, you've reduced its speed to zero. And it looks at you and lets out a wail. And Thurbash, it reaches out a hand to try and lash at you with a vine-like tendril from its hand. And it whips forward and it's five feet shy of hitting you. It has it has reach. And Thurbash, you're up. What do you do? So the closest one to me is the one that is 15 feet away, correct? Yes. Okay. Huh. I'm thinking, give me a second. Um, Alright, I'm going to take a five foot step forward. Okay. To, closest, to the closest one. Oh, that would be the, the one that you froze. Yes. And I'm going to press to digitate a small fire on its head. Ooh. Hmm. What kind of skill would you, what, do you, what is your goal here? My thinking is uh, these wooden beings... I don't know, like, I've seen them before, but I don't know how they react to fire. And from what I know from, like, my religious history, fire is bad. So okay. maybe it's a it's more of a warding effect than, than I realize. Okay, roll me an intimidation check, I think. Okie dokie. Oh, charisma's my best skill. Natural 20, dude, come on. <sighs> That's an 18 plus 4, so it's a 22. Oof. Yeah, that absolutely succeeds. You guys are at four successes. Thurbash, when you... What does it look like as you cast this spell? Uh, like, Thurbash takes a five-foot step forward, and though as, and as though he, he's, like, chucking dice, he throws his hand sideways, and then suddenly you just watch as the uh, head of the blight in front of him in, is engulfed into a small flame. It lights on fire and begins wailing, and it falls to the ground, grasping at its head. Though harmless, you have driven fear into this thing's soul, and you notice behind it three of these awakened shrubs that were sprinting in your direction stop and hold pause. The ones that are further away, off to the sides of your left and right, are still moving in your direction, but you have slowed the horde. And at this moment, they all stop at the end of your turn with Urbash, and they begin to shake, and you hear a howl cascade from the forest around you. Every single one howling 
in defiance to what you just did. And you see one sprint forward towards, um, from in the darkness from where Hamlin is on the other side of this kind of cairn. And it breaks through the tree line, coming right for you. Hamlin, what do you do? Uh, I would just intercept. It's going for a third batch, right? Um, it's coming out of the tree line for you. Oh, for me? Yeah, from behind you. You just barely heard it breaking through the... From behind the graves. I don't care about that at the moment. Um, That's okay. You said that the hollowed spell is not complete, yes? Yes. Could I try and figure out how to complete it? Yes, that would be a arcana check or another one if you can convince me. Or not if you can convince me, if you have a plausible reason for using it, like persuasion or... Yeah, I'm trying to... Flex the warding spell into existence. Just use your muscles. (laughs) It'll work. Flex! I am pretty strong. I'm actually pretty charismatic too i don't have an actual thing i the only thing i can think of is like because you said that when i did my uh, channel divinity duck symbol duck symbol Mm -hmm. could i try and use like insight to gleam like is it connected to that yes you can roll me an insight check i rolled a nine i have the lucky racial trait yeah, you can roll. But it says, let me tell you, it's it's doesn't it's not like lucky. It says when you roll a one um, on a d twenty, and I rolled a five. A five. So I'm guessing we don't trust. We're not doing that. Here's here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. You look around, right? You look over your shoulder, adrenaline rushing, looking around the thing for more of these duck symbols. And in the midst of you doing this, one of these shrubs crashes into you, and. You take three slashing damage as it rakes into your flesh, as it's, you realize that these bushes are filled with thorny brambles. Um, and it like does a quick spin as it slams into you and like shreds you up. Next up in the order is the Blights who have sprinted off into the distance. Thurbash. Yes. I'm gonna roll a wisdom save to see if this thing can understand. What's your spell save DC? Spell save DC is a for which spell? Just Our in general. General, sp- general spell save DC is a fifteen. Fifteen, okay. I rolled an eight. This vine blade with a prestidigitation fire still on its face is just wailing and freaking out. Um, and you see the other shrubs behind it are slowly starting to make their way forward. There is about twenty feet. Uh, yeah, twenty feet between you and them. And Thurbash, they all sprint forward and run towards you, all four of them. As they rush in, their eyes catch your vision. And they sprint forward, and each one... I'm rolling a bunch of attack rolls. What's your armor class? (laughs) Uh, My armor class is 12. This isn't good. Oh, no. You will take three damage as two of these shrubs slam into you. One immediately bursts and a bunch of these thorny whips nick into your flesh and the others slam into it and they also do the same thing, coincidentally hurting each other for three damage apiece Um, because it's just a frenzy. With that, Hamlin, it's your turn again. What do you do? 
At this point, I would say, Hamlin, that every creature in the area is within range of you. Can I get over to Thurbash and then use Missy Step? Yeah, where are you teleporting to? Gee, uh, <laughs> let me just cast that. Uh, it's where is it? Or where would you like to teleport to? In an unoccupied space, thirty feet, wherever they're not. It would probably be back in the direction you came. Question. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, Thurbash. You're casting Misty Step. Yeah, as a bonus action. A misty oh, Step is only on yourself. You. Yeah, no, only on myself. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Uh, That's why I was like, da, da, da. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I will I say, was... so you sprint over okay. to Thurbash regardless. I will say, you are one success away. And you were on the right track. I don't know how to hollow ground. I don't I don't know. Shit. Uh, so my next action was just going to be attack. In which case, I was going to... How does Moonbeam work? Like, what's that... I don't understand the... It says a five-foot radius. You pick a spot. It's a, It makes a, a shaft of light. Okay, on like a five-foot square? Yep. Or a 40-foot cylinder. I'm, that's what I was confused about. It has a five-foot like, radius, so five feet. And so you pick a point, and it's five feet in each direction. So technically, it would be like one, two, a three-by-three three square, if you want to think of it that oh, way. Oh, cool. So if you wanted, for example, if you wanted to put Moonbeam on all of the plants that are currently slamming into each other, trying to get to Thurbash, you could absolutely do that. Yes, that is exactly what I wanted to do. Um, So what I will do is, instead of making this just an attack, roll me an Arcana check as you cast it. You will still deal the damage, the spell will still cast. Sure. Okay, Arcana, I am not good at this, so please... Ooh, 15. Oof. That definitely succeeds. Let me just check there. Where was that in my insight? Okay. How much damage does the the spell do? 2d10 radiant damage. So roll me that. 2d10. I have a 9 and a 0. What's a 0? 10. 10. That's 19. So 19. Okay. Hamlin, what does it look like as you call upon this moonbeam from the sky? If you'd like to be extra flavorful, you can pick a moon. I can pick a moon? Is there a green moon? Is there like a greenish moon? What I will tell you is there is a list of deities in Esperon. The major deities. Oh, each associated with a moon. I will read off some themes. Healing. Conquest. Magic. Pathfinding. Fury, sight, knowledge, and secrets. Trickery, tempest, shadow, death, or light. Um, you said pathfinding? That is one. That'd be the wayfinder, which is fucking right on the nose. That, yeah, that's the one I would go for then. So you raise, what does it look like as you cast this spell? Well, it says I need several seeds of any moonseed plant. I dig into a pouch and grab a handful of moonseeds, and then I throw it at them. And as you do, these seeds lift up in the air, and each one reflects light from the ring light above, which with the sun setting on the forest, you are now cast in a white light. 
and each of these seeds glints with light and you see a shaft of light from it come down on the ground. One, two, three, four, all landing in a little line, a pathway. At first, you worry because they didn't land where all these creatures are. And you see from the sky, one shaft of light, two shafts of light, three, four, landing on each of these seeds, making a little pathway of stepping stones. Each one happened to land on a small, smooth rock. And the last, as the moonbeam hits it in the middle of all these roiling bushes, you see a green light start to emanate from the ground. And then from above, like a blast of celestial fire, you see your moonbeam blast the ground. And these creatures, you've done so much damage to them, they are dead twice over. As they are consumed by vibrant white fire. And in their wake and the ashes they leave behind, you can see a single stone glowing, pulsing with a green light. A light that was triggered by your moonbeam. By summoning the power of your benefactor. And you watch as the that stone, a green light, arcs from it and hits the Karen that you built to honor your friend. And a light from there, green light, zips to the other rock. And the three of you are encompassed in a triangle of green light. And in that moment, you're standing there, holding your breath, as more and more dozens of these shrubs, creatures, shrub-like creatures, come sprinting towards you. And as they are leaping towards you, as this kind of frenzied mob of plant-like death, what do the both of you do in this one moment? Thurbash, not really knowing if this is going to succeed or going to fail, is going to do the last thing that comes to mind, the thing that he doesn't really want to do, but he's going to do anyways. Do I have enough time to do an action? Yeah. Okay. He's going to use the charge counter that was given to him by the root of the first tree and cast bark skin on himself. Whoa. And shout in Sylvan as loud as he can, Begone. Hamlin, with Thurbash in front of you, you see his whole skin start to turn barky. And he yells out, Do you speak Sylvan? I do, actually. You understand what he says. And his voice echoes through the clearing. What do you do behind him? I'm not sure what is, to be honest, going on. Whether or not this is going to work or not. Uh, <laughs> Hamlin's going to resign himself. Like, he's just like, if this is going to work, it's going to work. And if it doesn't, this isn't, uh, I'm not going to fight it. So he kind of just, like, looks up towards where the, the uh, moonbeam's coming from. And he just kind of, like, closes his eyes. And thinks. That's it. And you close your eyes. Thurbash's voice in Sylvan echoes through the querying. You can hear the violent shaking of bushes, the howling of more of these blights as they're stepping out of trees. And you'd close your eyes. This is the end. And then you hear a boom, 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 boom. And you hear the sound of bushes spinning and raking. And you open your eyes and see that this small little clearing where you have built a cairn for your friend is surrounded in some kind of ward that you triggered. 
and these blights, as they hit the ward, you see them reel back and try and leap in again. And one passes through the ward. And as it does, you watch these kind of cyan eyes in the middle of this bush grow wide with fear and pain. And it crumbles and lands in the clearing as nothing but sticks and green leaves. And the others try the same. One, two, three. And you're basically just being pelted with little sticks. Harmless. And after a moment or two, you both stand there, worn and ragged, breathless. And the others calm down and stop. And after a few more failed attempts, they back away and leave this hallowed grounded peace. As you're standing there, you can see their eyes fading off into the darkness one by one, like torchlights being put out. What do you two do? Thurbash is going to collapse to his knees and try and, like, remove the bark skin from him. He did it in a moment of, like, pure panic. So... You reach forward to, like, pry at the bark, and as you do, your hand touches it, and it peels off your face like fresh soil and just crumbles into dirt on the ground. He's just gonna he's just gonna brush it off. Just gonna brush it all off. Yep. You like panically brush it off, and just the willing of you thinking, I don't want this anymore. The spell dematerializes, your armor class is reduced back to normal. Hamlin, what do you do? Hamlin is going to just uh, do a one eighty and sit on the floor and just look at the cairn and on the cairn glowing with a hot vibrant green light do you see the carving of a duck looking back at you quack a polished clean stone can you roll me an insight check uh, yes yes I can uh, insight. Ooh, uh, 17. You notice that when the duck is kind of shining, you can see the stone is glittering with light, little tiny flecks of minerals within it. You must have been very lucky because you make this out of some kind of precious stone from the forest. And how would you two like to conclude this little session here? Would it be okay for me to take that stone? Or I mean, it's big. A Karen is pretty big. But it's made of like little stones. Oh, I assumed it was. I assumed it was slabs. Yeah, you no, can take it. I wanted to take the the precious one that I happened to use. Yeah, for sure. You pick it up. I grab it and look over your shoulder, a little anxious. The ward doesn't falter. I'm just gonna pick myself up off the ground and kind of get close to the cairn. Recognize what's due. Uh, let's be real here. The Karen saved us. <laughs> <laughs> no. Poetry saved us. Oh, You're we right. have to end it right there. <laughs> that was that was wonderful. Hey everyone, and as always, thanks for sticking around and keeping up with our messy back and forth adventure here. Tune in next week to the Gilded Lily, where our wizards begin some downtime in their hometown of New Bismuth. And go shopping. Finally some time off, huh? I hope they spend it well. Our songs and ambient music for this episode are features from Kevin McLeod and Sword Coast Soundscape, 
which you can find in our episode descriptions, and on their Bandcamp pages. We're also using tracks from Dark Fantasy Studios to supplement the narrative, as always. Stay safe, see you soon, and enjoy these little goofs here at the end. I wouldn't have made the Karen. <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, this is this is not a part of the episode, but how perfect a foil it was uh, that in the last moments before that barrier went up, Hamlin was like, yep, this is it. And Thurbash did the complete opposite reaction where he's like, yep. all right, let's <laughs> fucking go. Well, I mean... Yeah. No, that's good. I like that a lot. He was just <laughs> I'm not like, saying it's a bad thing. I'm, I'm saying it's a really good thing. No, yeah, he was just like, it. it's... If this is time, it's time. He's not scared. That was dope. Thank you, guys. You gave me, like, a... I literally, while you guys were having your conversation in the beginning, I messaged... Uh, Carolina Ioana's player and was like giving me a fucking heart-wrenching audio, audio drama right here. <laughs> <laughs> get, Just you two get now. walking get through now. the woods cutting down trees. Mm, that's fucking owl. <laughs> I can take care of it if you want. <laughs> like that was such a tired like buddy cop scene. <laughs> I told you we could have a buddy cop thing going on. <laughs> told you. This pivoted nicely. Uh, I didn't expect it to pivot this, this well but I think that you guys have such a good like chemistry and the foil is wonderful excellent <laughs> excellent and now i excellent and now i kill their bash <laughs> stab him in the middle of the night die uh, i have i have an axe okay it's not a stab it's just, it's definitely a slap yeah you're gonna it's <laughs> well you're gonna need the axe because i'm like part wood as it is anyways right so it's not gonna be easy to get through me chopping you down <laughs> but um that was cool. What's the name of your axe? Uh, uh, just uh, the equipment. Is it equipment? Uh, the Kronfell. Kron. How do you spell Kron. that? Uh, C R A N N F E L L.